Welcome to the Investors Chronicle podcast. I'm Taha Lokandwala, Deputy Personal Finance Editor at Investors Chronicle. And joining me today is Nicholas Weindling, a Japanese equity fund manager at JP Morgan Asset Management. Welcome, Nicholas. Hi. Japan remains a significant and core market for most equity investors. In the past decade, the country has seen a sea change in the environment its companies operate in. This includes loose monetary policy and economic stimulus by the current Prime Minister Shinzo Abe's government. There is also a new corporate code. It's a change in the mantra of good Japanese business, changing their raison d'etre and ensuring they focus more on shareholders, focus more on returns, and generally better corporate governance. Nicholas, you're Tokyo-based and you run a couple of funds, which we'll talk about in a moment. But from a feet-on-the-ground perspective, how have you seen the changes um, affect Japanese companies? What have been the standout reforms for shareholders? Yeah, it's been a very exciting time over the last few years in terms of shareholders in Japan. I've been doing Japanese equities probably for 15 years or more now. When I first started out, we'd have been embarrassed to talk about shareholder returns because there really weren't any. Whereas now, or in the last few years, there's been a lot of changes with a new corporate governance code, stewardship code. You've got dividends in Japan, a dividend yield in Japan, which is the same as the S&P 500. When I started my career, you know, that was unthinkable. And we think those changes are for real. They are long-lasting. And I have the kind of conversations with companies which we never used to have three or four years ago. It's a real engagement with companies now. Can you give an, give an example of that last point? So what, what kind of things are you hearing now from kind of company management that you didn't hear 10 years ago? Well, companies will ask us what we think about optimal balance sheet structure. We had a company come in the other day, a games company, just asking us what we thought the best wage structure would be or what best incentive structure was for their, to keep their key game developers. We had one company where the main shareholder objected to the board's shareholder return policy and put that up for a vote. And both the proposer and the company came in to see us, to discuss it. And you know, that's just something we never had before, that kind of real engagement. Okay, this uh, this kind of shareholder activism point that you just made, where you know one of the other shareholders made a, a change point. How much are you seeing more of that? Is that something that's changed in the in kind of respect of kind of recent changes in the code, or just the general way management respond to shareholders? Yeah, it's a slow and steady change. I wouldn't want to overstate it or say that things are going to suddenly be dramatically different in Japan. But we've gone from having really quite poor corporate governance to having what I think is what is something that is getting better. We think it's going to continue over time. And the really key difference versus the past is that it is pressure from domestic institutions on those companies to change, not people coming in from New York or London saying you should do this or you should do that. It's a real kind of domestic pressure that, that is making the difference. Japan is currently going through its latest shareholder season. So how are we seeing this kind of develop in terms of more kind of numerical ways? Like, are we seeing an increase in, in dividends and shareholder buybacks? You know, where's uh, is, the, is the money kind of flowing away from companies back to shareholders? Right. For the each of the last six years in a row, we've seen the number of companies conducting buybacks increase. I think that's important because it shows more companies buying into the idea of prioritizing shareholders and shareholder return. If you look so far this year, share buybacks are up 25% versus last year. Um, there's still a long way to go, but these are important steps in the right direction. You mentioned, obviously, before you had been, you know, you said, I think you used the term ashamed to be talking about return on equities. But um, obviously, prior to the, the reforms by the Abe government, people were making money in Japan. You know, you, you had been picking stocks long before these reforms existed. So 
like what, what what was it like before and what is different now apart from you know the things you mentioned in terms of the conversations you're having with management like is do you expect the returns to be substantially higher compared to before i mean at the risk of overstating or oversimplifying you know i can discuss with companies about return on equity now whereas maybe seven or eight years ago the people i was speaking to didn't know what return on equity was never mind have a discussion about it i mean it's that it's as simple as that and that is a, a major difference what about in terms of cash a, a conversation i've had with um, kind of other japanese equity managers is the the level of cash that japanese companies hold on their balance sheet what are you seeing change in in this area again you know it's slow but steady improvement that we expect to continue over many years so there are many japanese companies which have excessive cash positions uh where we think the balance sheet could be run more efficiently there have been some cases where there's been progress some cases where there hasn't but ultimately what i'm interested in in a fund manager is that there is that difference that there are companies that get it and companies that don't get it because you know we will go we will pick those companies that understand these issues and ultimately we think that they will perform better you know because of this and for some other major inefficiencies that exist in the japanese market it really is a great market for actually all active fund managers in terms of the, the kind of companies you're looking at and the companies are seem more kind of able to change to the new dynamic that we're seeing in japan is there a change in the in the type of company is it you know are the old traditional exporters that people used to buy 10 years ago are they the ones that are doing this or is it is you know what's been kind of dubbed the new japan and the new companies that are more able to change well i think it's relatively easier for the newer companies to do it they're kind of unencumbered by having lots of time honored divisions or lots of products they've always made you know they don't ha- they don't have to give lifetime employment to everybody they work in they may have for example salaries which are based on performance not on your age which sounds like an incredibly simple thing here when you when you're in london and that's what all companies do but that isn't how things are in japan still um so it's again it's just easier for those newer type of companies to do it overall you know, in japan you know if i was on the street in london and said to somebody do you know the names of any japanese companies i still think people would say things like toyota honda nissan canon panasonic you know these kind of classic exporter type stocks and that isn't really where we see the opportunity it's not really really where we see japan's strengths even anymore or even you know where the future lies it's in quite different areas i think it's quite a fundamental misconception about the japanese companies and the market overall this changing corporate culture in japan it's a conversation i've been having with managers for for several years and just looking at some numbers you know the the topics has has been up 68% um since 2015 ahead of the the msci all country world index so you know it's it's a well performing market So how can we be sure that valuations haven't caught up with where they should be and there's still opportunity left in Japan? Well the really striking thing about Japan over the last 1 year and the last 5 years is that the market has actually got cheaper even though it's gone up it's got cheaper and that's because companies have delivered on their earnings like earnings have really come through at Japanese companies they've delivered um so you don't have that same concern about valuations that i certainly feel a lot of people have about companies for example in the us uh, and elsewhere 
One of the big differences between Japan now versus, say, Japan 10 or 20 years ago is that on perfectly normal valuation metrics, Japan looks good. You know, on PE, price to earnings multiple Japan is on 13 times. That's a discount, significant discount to the US and cheaper than、uh, Europe. Uh, it looks good on dividend yield. It looks good on price to book. In whatever metric you choose to look at, Japan looked good. And we certainly don't feel that it's in any way overvalued now. Thanks for that. So, turning to, to the funds you manage, you're on the JP Morgan Japanese Investment Trust, which you've been working on since 2007 and leading since 2012. And you also have the JP Morgan Japan,、uh, an open ended fund, which you've been lead manager on since 2012 as well. So, taking your funds into account, What have these reforms led you to change in the, the kind of companies that you've been, you've been buying? And what, what sectors have they led you to? Yeah, the reforms themselves, the types of companies that we focus on tend to be quality companies which have high market shares in growing industries. They tend to have strong balance sheets, good free cash flow. Uh, they tend to be newer types of companies that don't have the baggage of the past. So, although the reforms are helpful, you know, these types of companies are in a, were anyway in a good position to be able to return more money to shareholders if they want to.、Um, so, it's certainly not unhelpful, but it hasn't really led us to change our investment style or approach. It's just a nice follow wind for the whole market. Okay, so you talked about kind of newer growing companies there.、Um, the conversations you tend to have with a lot of people, investors, particularly when they talk about Japan, is Japan being more of a, a value ground. And obviously, growth has outperformed value as a style in, in recent years. So, how would you place yourself on the scale and what, what attributes are the companies that you buy? What, what do they have to demonstrate before you put some money into them? Well, we're looking for companies in industries which are growing for structural reasons rather than because of the economic cycle. We're looking for the companies which are number one, probably number one at what they do with clear competitive advantages. I mean, we're very aware of what's happened to Japanese consumer electronics and cars, where, to be frank, they are not losing competitive advantage. They lost that. They lost it several years ago. Um, we're looking for strong management teams where employees are incentivized by the performance of the profitability or profits of that company.、Um, those are typical characteristics of what we're looking for. And those types of things tend to exist in a lot of newer type companies or at least companies which the man on the street here in the UK. Probably aren't so familiar with, or they may know them, but they don't know that they're Japanese. Sure.、Um, you, you mentioned, obviously, you said sectors that are growing for structural reasons rather than just got an economic headwind. Can you, can you give an example of that in what's going on in Japan? Sure. So if you look at something like e commerce, I mean, in the UK, e commerce, online shopping, I mean, it's been transformational over the last few years. You just pick up a copy of the paper and you look at the problems that companies like Maplin or Toys R Us or the too many stores that HM and others have, and how people are shifting their purchasing online. So, that for example, if you look in the UK clothing market, well over 25% of sales are online. In Japan, you see those same trends, but they are a few years behind. 
So in online clothing, for example, only 7% of clothes are bought online at the moment. But the growth rates are strong and it is following exactly the same pattern as here. And that is very powerful for us that we can look at what types of models work well in the UK, China, Korea, US, and think that exactly the same thing will happen in Japan. Essentially, we believe that there is nothing special about Japan. It has some kind of weird and wonderful faraway image. But basically, exactly the same things are either happening or will happen there as are happening everywhere else. In terms of like the metrics you use to analyze companies, you mentioned a strong balance sheet and you mentioned kind of earnings potential as well. What are, what are the kind of numbers you're looking for in, in this regard? Well, ultimately, what we really want to focus on is where is the company going to be in three, five, ten years? Uh, not what's going on. I really don't care about monthly sales numbers or quarterly numbers. And I don't think that we're going to be able to add value for our clients, particularly from looking at that. It's where is this industry or company now and where is it going to be in the long term? That's where we're really firmly focused. Okay. Um, and do, do you have a, a preference on cap style? Um, just like looking at some of the numbers, you, you seem to go for the, the larger companies, but are, the, are these where you're going to see the, the kind of growth potential in the newer sectors as well? Well, actually, the investment trust, the Japan Investment Trust and the Japan Fund, they are unconstrained funds. They can go anywhere across the market cap spectrum. It's really a best ideas type of approach. So, if there are no good ideas in a certain sector, then we will own zero. I'm not interested in finding the least bad option for our investors. Um, I don't think that that's the approach that we should adopt. Um, if you look at the market cap overall of the fund and the trust, it is uh, significantly lower than the, uh, that of the market overall. I think we tend to find better opportunities in mid-cap Japan, um, if you look at the market overall, one very important characteristic is that Japan is a very undercovered market by sell-side analysts, those analysts who work investment banks. So Japan has, on the main index, the equivalent of, I guess, the FTSE, uh, the topics, has 2,000 listed companies. But half of them have one or zero analysts covering them. Um, so there's a huge information gap. The equivalent figures in Europe or the US would be about 5%. Uh, that's why, for me, it's so important that I'm based in Tokyo. We've got a team of 25 people based in Tokyo on the ground. And we know what is going on across all of the market. Uh, and we can pick up those changes really very quickly. And that is the really big opportunity uh, opportunity in Japanese equities. Okay, it sounds like you, you kind of you're, you're finding companies, but you're also kind of following themes as well. You're, you're looking for structural industries. So how do you how do you go about kind of coming up with those ideas or spotting what's what's going on? Yes, I tend to talk in themes because I've noticed during my career that when I mention the name of a kind of weird Japanese name, I can see people kind of switch off and they don't really get what I'm talking about. So that's why I often talk about these different themes, which are much easier to visualize. Uh, it's a very bottom up process that we're following. Uh, so by that, you mean as in you're, you're looking for companies based on their own merits rather than 
part of a wider idea. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So in a given year, we do well in excess of two and a half thousand company meetings. And that really forms the basis of everything else that we do. Now, it can be the case that we see some theme or something changing and we look for ways that we could benefit from that within the trust uh, and the fund. So in the last 12 years, I've lived in Japan for the last 12 years, and the single biggest thing which has changed in that time or most noticeable thing living there is that you now see people going to Japan on holiday. And when I go out for lunch... And here I'd go out and buy a pret or a, a sandwich at Boots. But in Japan, you know, I go out and buy some sushi or some noodles. And when you go out for lunch, you, I now see lots of people in the streets who weren't there before speaking Chinese, Korean, Thai, English, Spanish, and they are all tourists. And in 2012, 8 million people came on holiday to Japan or went as tourists to Japan. Last year, it was 28 million people. Well, that's a very big jump. I mean, it's a, an extraordinary increase. And, I mean, firstly, we think that's going to continue. We think it's going to continue because the biggest driver is people in Asia. Uh, there's a bigger middle class. They're earning more money and they want to do the same as the middle class in the UK. And that means do things like travel. And um, so that's the first point for us as, uh, when we look for the investment. But also we then need to think about how these people come to Japan. Where are they going to stay? Where are they going to shop? What are they going to buy? And, you know, we, and, you know, if you look at, think about the hotel sector in Japan, up until 2012, we wouldn't have looked at it because the population is falling and there's no tourists. And that's a very bad outlook for an industry. But you get this sudden change and we can very quickly go and look at a whole raft of new companies. And, um, you know, some of the stocks that have worked best for us over the last few years have been companies that have benefited from that increase in tourist numbers. Could you give some examples of that? Yeah, well, one of the most interesting things, certainly about Asian tourists in Japan, is what they buy. And if I come when I come to London, you know, you'll see Asian tourists in the street and they might have bags from Burberry or Prada or Selfridges. But in Japan, it's been totally different type of products that they've bought. So, for example, there's a company called Pigeon. It makes baby goods. It has 85 percent market share in the baby bottle market in Japan. Now, the outlook for baby bottles is terrible because the number of babies is dropping each year. But what uh, Asian tourists have done is come to Japan and bought those products and that is because they are quality reliable safe products and when you give milk to your baby you don't want to worry about the plastic coating on the bottle poisoning the milk which is something that's happened in china in the past and those tourists have then gone back to their home countries and also wanted to buy that product so pigeon now has a 55 0 percent market share in china and it's totally transformed the earnings of that company Or another very successful investment we've made in the last couple of years is in Shiseido. It's a the number one cosmetics and skincare company in Japan. It's exactly the same thing where tourists have driven demand domestically in Japan, but also want to buy those products back home, whether it's in China, Thailand, Indonesia. It's a very powerful top line growth that 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 can help deliver. Okay, so in terms of your portfolio, like how many how many stocks do you do you tend to own, and kind of how long do you hold them for? What's your what's your turnover period? 
So the number of stocks is around 60, um, and the turnover is about 30% a year. So the average holding period is roughly three years. So we try to take those long-term views longer than the average investor. Um, but also, I think, you know, when there are better opportunities, we should change the portfolio. I think that low turnover certainly helps you know, in terms of conviction, I think that we should allow our ideas many years to play out and really make we have stocks in the portfolio which haven't gone up 10 or 20 percent. They've gone up 10 or 20 times. You know, that is the type of stock we can find in Japan. But equally, when there are better ideas, you know, we should make sure that they're in the portfolio. OK. Um, historically speaking, the yen is normally a big factor when people invest in Japan. You know, it traditionally has been. Uh, runs inverse to the market and performance and, and all of these things. So is that is that still the case? Is that something that you, you kind of are concerned about or monitor, I suppose? To be honest with you, I don't really care about the level of the yen. Um, and the reason for that is that the types of companies we own, because they are number one at what they do, even when the yen gets strong, they have pricing power. Now, if we owned a whole load of steel, tyres, cars, uh, what would tend to happen there is that as soon as the yen gets stronger, you'd see a dem- immediately a boost to the Korean, Chinese, Taiwanese, German competitors. But the companies that we own tend to be very unique. There is no real option uh, over some substitute product. So that's why I don't really spend time worrying about the level of the yen. Also many of the companies we own are growing for structural reasons. It's not because of our view on the yen. It's not because of our view on the economy. It's because there's a structural growth trend within that company that is driving the earnings of that company. Okay. So um, coming back to the investment trust in particular, um, just looking at performance figures, you, you recently had your, your um, update to the market and you've, you've beaten the topics over, which is your benchmark, sorry, over one and three and five and, you know, and the, the sector average as well. What's been driving this outperformance? Yes, the performance has been good over, as you say, both one year and long term five years, which is very gratifying. Um, but especially... I think for me as a fund manager, the most important thing is that the single biggest driver of that has been stock selection. So it's not because we chose a certain sector, it's because we got the right stocks that we focused in the right areas. And that is a a very pleasing part about the performance that we've outperformed. But as a bot, but as a stock picker who's focused on the companies it's been for the right reasons you know and that doesn't always happen okay look at looking at some of the more defensive metrics um you 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 tend to exhibit higher volatility than the index and your peers same with kind of potential maximum drawdown figures and stuff like that so how do you approach your stock selection and portfolio building from a a defensive measure or is this is this something you take into account well, I think the most important thing for investors to understand is that we have generated good performance, but it, it it's not a steady kind of outperformance. We don't outperform by, you know, 1% every quarter. I think it can, some months we're very good and some months we're very bad. And if you have a portfolio that looks nothing like the benchmark, which in our case, it looks nothing like the benchmark, then you will generate more volatile returns. 
But if investors are prepared to take that long-term view and think about where are things going to be in five years' time, then I think we've shown over the last five years that we can generate a return very significantly better than the benchmark. And I hope and I think that we can do that in the future. But it's important to emphasize that it, it is not a it is not a smooth line that we're following in terms of outperformance. Okay. Kind of despite everything we've spoken about, the Japanese market investors still seem quite hesitant uh, to, to allocate significant amounts of money there. Just looking at the Association of Investment Companies Japan sector, which is the, the grouping for Japanese investment trusts, it's still on an average discount of about 5.8%. The trust itself is on a discount of 10.9%. So it, like, in your view, why, why do you think the trust is operating on, on a discount at this level? And is there anything that kind of you and the board could do to, to help now with this? Well, the discount is a very big focus, certainly of the board. I mean, in fact, it's one of the number one reasons that I'm in London this week and we have the discussion with the board. Um, you know, to be frank with you, you've got to see the trust partly in its very, with its very long-term history. If you go back, you know, before I was working at JP Morgan uh, and we used the approach that we do now, you know, had a much larger number of stocks, 150 stocks, had much higher turnover, 150% a year. You know, we've reduced the number of holdings very significantly, you have much longer holding periods, really focus on those areas of conviction that we have and stick with them. We need and I need to make you know, investors aware about that's what's happened. And I've you know, been telling people about that for a few years now. And it's helpful that we now have the track record to back that up. It's just not talking the talk, it's walking the walk. And um, I hope that people will see that, you know, we've generated very good returns. And isn't it great that you can buy on a 10% discount? But it, but it, we, I really want to see that discount narrow. In terms of the, the holdings of performance, you know, as you mentioned, the trust definitely takes off benchmark positions. It's it's no way correlated to the topics in that sense, um, and has comprehensively beaten it over the long and short term. But um, in my experience of speaking to Japanese equity managers, particularly in the investment trust space, the the composition of stocks that I see in your portfolio isn't is vastly different to ones that I can see I've I have seen in other portfolios, even some of the stocks you've mentioned. So. I have a couple of questions. And one is, is there an issue with the number of companies in Japan that international investors are willing to invest in? And two, I'm obviously accounting for the fact that you want people to follow you into your holdings because that's what's going to drive share price performance in the future. What would you say to investors if you were asked why they should choose your investment trust over another potential investment opportunity? Well, one of the biggest differentiators for the trust is that we are based in Japan. And I think the advantages of being based there are going to become stronger and stronger over time. Like we can see things happen, for example, when the tourist number goes up. Uh, at JP Morgan, basically all companies come through our office when they IPO. Um, one of the things that's happened recently in Europe is with changes in regulations, uh, a regulation called MIFID II, uh, it can be more difficult for uh, brokers to have coverage of the Japanese market. And although the coverage is already quite low, we expect that it's going to drop even from here. And so having that very large internal resource that we do, 25 people based on the ground, has stood us in good stead, but more importantly, is going to become more and more of an advantage as time goes by. Uh, and that is really the, the 
biggest differentiator, I think, between us and others. On top of that, we trade at a significant discount despite having really very good performance. And I would, you know, I think that any time that you can buy something worth a hundred for ninety, that's pretty good, pretty good deal. No, no, fair enough. Um, and what about t- in terms of the, the the number of opportunities? Like, you know, there's still, as you mentioned, there's still, you know, there's several thousand stocks listed on the the Japanese index, but. There's, there seems to be not 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 an element of crowding, but obviously good fund managers are, are picking the the good stocks. Do you need more good stocks in the area to be able to for this to develop more? Well, actually, I'm very optimistic about the opportunities. You know, if you look this year at some of the newer companies that we've put in the portfolio, I think that the outlook for them is very strong, and I think that we are very early to, to find them. Um, maybe to give you a couple of examples. Please, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one of our recent purchases is called Shima Seiki. It's a it's a n- makes knitting machines. It allows you to make a jumper or sweater, and the machine can make the whole thing. You don't need any. There's no seams on it whatsoever. So you could receive an order on the internet and custom make that for clients. And already they've won Nike as a client. They've won Uniqlo as a client. Uh, that stock trades on 16 times earnings. But I think that the trend, A, of customization in clothing, and B, that wages are rising in c- countries where clothes are produced will be a very important driver of that company. It's a very unique business that it has. Um, a second company that we bought recently is the number one uh, maker of herbal medicine in Japan. It's called Sumura, 85% market share. But we haven't owned it in the past because it's not a growing market. It's very stable. Um, but Ping An, the Chinese leading Chinese insurance company, bought a 10% stake a few months ago. That transforms the outlook for that company. If they can get that product selling in China, profit isn't going to grow 10 or 20%. It's going to grow three or five times from here. You know, so in the worst case, we're going to pay 18, 19 times earnings for earnings that don't grow. But in the best case, that multiple is going to look like a, you know, it's going to be low single digits. That is a very attractive risk reward. And incidentally, the reason that Ping An took that stake is because the chairman of Ping An went on holiday to Japan, just like those Chinese tourists I was talking about earlier. And uh, he bought the bought the product and he liked it so much he thought, let's take a stake in the company. And although uh, we are, we think Tsumura has reasonable management, we as a group have a very good relationship with Ping An, which is a company that features very highly in many of our Asian and emerging market portfolio. And we, we think their management is very strong. And that gives us the conviction to put that stock into portfolios. Okay, thanks very much for an excellent insight into your investment trust and to the change that's afoot in Japan. Definitely gives us something to think about in terms of whether or not and how much investors should be allocating to the region. Unfortunately, that brings us to the end of this show. Thank you very much for listening, and please do not forget to tune into this week's Investors Chronicle Companies and Personal Finance Podcasts. Have a great week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.